Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Dude, hello. <laughs> we'll explain that in a second. And Maddie Key, hello. Yo. So that exasperated uh, hello by James or whatever it was that he said was mainly because uh, we had a number of technical issues going into this show, and I think we have it figured out. So if there's an episode that you're listening to on the day you expect to listen to it or watch it, um, good. And everything worked out fine. We just happened to be recording two hours later than we normally do. But hey, here we are, and we are recording the podcast. The podcast called 43.6. Thanks for following us and subscribing and doing all those nice things on the social medias at 43.6. We're going to talk about a number of things today, one of which being the Toronto Blue Jays, Fernando Tatis Jr. and Ringworms, uh, Serena Williams, Antonio Brown, and we're back to top fives. Today, we're discussing the top five most hated sports figures of all time as according to us. And of course, we'll wrap this show up with shout outs but before we get to all that we normally recap the week but james i don't know if you want to recap the past two hours yeah i don't give a fuck my week means nothing compared to what i just experienced with you guys i feel like we're closer uh as as people now um you know as friends brothers in arms in this podcast i lived with you for like 23 years yeah you're actually my real brother so that yeah i don't know how much closer we can get than that it's probably illegal at least in some countries uh so we uh <laughs> we actually so dustin i don't know if you want to explain to people listening on audio we should have video this week um which is kind of neat um it's still kind of in its infancy but you know i i don't know what happened like something fucked with the audio i think it's windows updates so if the audio sounds different this week i'm sorry i'll go back and try and and work on it throughout the week if i have to but we should have video which will be really cool on uh youtube i guess yeah, so you head over to YouTube, you go look up uh, 43.6, you find that channel, make sure you hit subscribe to it, and this episode, episode 18, I believe, oh, yes, episode the, 18, should be available on the YouTube feed, so that's exciting, and as we go further along this journey, we're going to start adding more and more different things, and of course, it's the first episode on YouTube, maybe it looks good, maybe it doesn't, but we're experimenting as we go. Like Just when like I was in college. Ah, see, ah. we really are brothers. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Um, anything else for your week or should we go to Maddie's week? Nah, you can go to Maddie's week. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, it feels like I'm a broken record at this point because everything's been so consumed. Another Ikea trip, more Ikea building, more adult Lego for me. It's to the point where like, I got to start paying them rent for the amount that I just kind of am there. And food that I eat, I feel like I'm at like a bed and breakfast at this point. Dude, the absolute, when we were there, we were talking about this. The absolute fact that they serve booze in Ikea boggles my mind. Like, that's got to be for the people who just don't want to be there. Like, there there can be no other reason that you would need to serve alcohol at Ikea of all places. Like the dad that gets dragged there on a Saturday morning and he's just like... Our dad? Fuck it. (laughs) Our dad? (laughs) But like, yeah, our dad. <laughs> the, the thing is, though, is they, they serve both ends of the spectrum. They serve beer and baby food. Like you, if your baby needs food, like they really have everybody covered. Right. Like that's I think that's kind of the goal is that if you're a raging alcoholic, 
IKEA welcomes you. If you're an infant and haven't discovered raging alcoholism yet, they have you covered too. So, They're prepping yeah. you for adulthood. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Yeah. But yeah, like, okay. And speaking of IKEA, is there... And how do I put this? When you're standing in line at food at IKEA on a busy time, is there a more triggering or, I guess, instance that makes you want to hit somebody in the back of the head with an IKEA tray more than the person that isn't up to the food server and already know what they want and they're like humming and hawing? That's not just IKEA. That's any food service. No, but the IKEA line is egregiously. No, man. It's more long than any other line. So you have extra time to figure out four menu items. There's fucking yeah. four menu items up there. Yeah, it's either the meatballs and then it's either the meat, the veggie, or the vegan. And then there's the fish and chips. And then there's one other thing that you can get. Oh, poutine, right? And then you have your two sides. It's either rice, veggies, the medallion, or french fries, or mashed potatoes. Like, it's not fucking hard. And then you have people up there like, huh, do I want... But if I get French fries, I can't get mashed potatoes because that's just too much starch. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, motherfucker, move it along. Yeah, it's not like You've Turtle got 45 Jacks. other people behind you. It's not like you're, you're ordering at Turtle Jack's. Yeah. Sure. But if you're at the drive through window at a McDonald's. No, unacceptable. You know what I mean? Like, okay, there's a lot of drive through places that don't have their menu posted properly. Like, it's not far enough back in the line Starbucks. or the queue. Where, yeah, like it, it should be far enough back where you're two or three cars before you get to the speaker that you can see the full menu. So sometimes I don't necessarily blame people, but at the same time, it's McDonald's. You've been going there since you were a child. Yeah. You know what but you even want. McDonald's has more of an excuse than Ikea, again, because of the breadth of the menu. I can understand being torn between a McChicken and a Big Mac. What I can't understand being torn is the meatballs or the fish and shit, like, there's there's two there's nuggets at McDonald's. There's a McChicken. There's a quarter pounder. There's a Big Mac. There's a double cheeseburger. A McDouble. Filet. You can get a fillet of fish. You can get ten nuggets. You can get six nuggets. You can get a junior chicken and a McDouble if you want. There are many combinations and different options you can have. At IKEA, it's you get the food, then you go get your fucking garlic bread and get the fuck out. Like that's it. There's no there like there shouldn't be anything else. Speaking of the garlic bread, though, funny story when. Okay, there was like four slices left and there was like this guy and his kid behind us and you could tell they're eyeing up the garlic bread. The kid's looking, I could hear him whisper behind me and he's just like, dad, he's just like, oh, maybe they'll bring out more garlic bread. I took the last four slices and kind of just gave him a side look and then went to the cash. I didn't eat all four. I ended up eating like I gave obviously my wife one and Jim had one, but then like I ate like one and a half pieces and tossed it. But like, you know, I just ruined that kid's day. Six minutes for I, I, garlic bread. Six minutes. <laughs> they totally gave up. It's the little things. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, like, okay, so the the IKEA drive through or drive through. IKEA, IKEA, IKEA needs food. a drive through. Dude, can you imagine? I'll take uh, Swedish meatballs and a Malm, please. You just, <laughs> just throw it in the bag. Can I get a Calyx <laughs> to or go? A, a Bremnes? Can I get a Bremnes TV stand? Yeah. But the Starbucks drive-thru might be the worst because you have – this is my thing. If you go to Starbucks drive-thru, fine, whatever. If your drink is complicated to order, fine. That's I, acceptable. But you don't go to the Starbucks drive-thru if you're testing something out. 
<laughs> no. Like if you're looking at the menu and you're like, well, I like this, but can you try putting this in or can you do this? No, no. The drive through is even if you have like a double shot espresso, extra whip, throw some cinnamon, sea salt, extra hot, extra wet, like that's fine. But know your shit going in. That's you know I mean? gotta be that's gotta be the worst job ever. A barista at Starbucks. No, we had a couple friends who've done it and they loved it. Yeah, I've only ever heard great things about being a barista at Starbucks. I oddly and ironically. Probably because you get all the free drinks in the world. And to be honest, like even if customers are pissed, like there's no rules at Starbucks. Sure, free drink. I don't give a shit. Like Starbucks doesn't give a shit. When their debit machine's broken, they just handed drinks out the window. They don't give a fuck. I was like, I don't have cash. They're like, okay, it's on the house. Yeah. There's no stress. It's just, and like the fucked up shit that like our friends used to make like drink wise and, oh, and yeah. stuff like off hours or like before or after their shift or like during breaks. Unreal. I'm like, yeah. put that on the menu. Totally. <laughs> Dustin's like, I don't believe it. <laughs> I, I just, I just look at it like, as you're explaining the half this, no that, a little of this and extra sweet. It's just, it's, it's too much. Yeah, but like it, that's like the one person, and I guarantee you, no. and this is my theory. No, no there no. isn't one there's person. There's so many there's white that, girls like, on this planet. There, <laughs> yeah, there's so many Seriously. girls. But like what I'm saying is my theory is, is they ask for all that. They print the label out, but they probably don't actually make it that way, and that person doesn't even fucking know. That's true, right? I, like if, if the first person who ever made your Starbucks drink didn't make it right, then you never, you would never know. Exactly. How are they going to know? Right? They'll never know. They'll, They'll never, never know. know. <laughs> They'll never know. So, but yeah, my week was more Ikea. And as I mentioned last week, planning now for my Korean excursion. Um, apparently, we're going on a seven kilometer hike. So, up a mountain. Like, that's going to be fantastic with a pregnant wife because <laughs> you know she's all hyped for it. And then who's the one who's going to have to be like, all right, come on. And like, piggyback slow it down oh. yeah she's just gonna become my backpack she can hold the snacks and i'll just hold her she feeds you from the back <laughs> yeah it's just, exactly it's 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 uh it's a winning combination as it were so yeah that's my week dustin what are you doing this week well this past week i can't remember if it was this past weekend or the weekend before but like the english premier league started at some point and I'm going to preface this by saying I don't give a flying fuck about English Premier League soccer. Whoa, but down. Liverpool fan in the house, chill. Sure. My, my issue with that is how it's no longer on DAZN. So now there's zero chance I will ever watch English Premier League as long as not on DAZN. Because, I mean, I'm not spending... One, is have it, you looked into this? What's it called? A FUBU one? TV? No, isn't it like Soccer 1 or 1? No, no, no. You have to go to like FUBU TV or whatever. Not like it's Fubu or Fubo or whatever it is. Listen, Fubo brother. TV, not Fubu. I got that Android hookup. Right. So unless you're finding some uh, nefarious means into it's doing like watching this. a FIFA 2021 game, it's twenty dollars a month. <laughs> it's twenty dollars a month for Fubu TV, which is crazy because the Sportsnet Ju- fan package, or no, the sorry, the Bell fan package. For sports fan is twenty five dollars, I think, and it's got TSN, Sportsnet, and all that shit. So, and I want to say it's—I could be wrong about this. I think it's only twenty dollars because you have to sign up for like a full twelve months or something. 
Is it twenty dollars for Whereas, twelve months? It's twenty dollars. No, 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 no. It's twenty dollars per month if you sign a twelve month deal. Otherwise, it's probably twenty five, right? Then it's twenty five dollars if you do it individually for the month. I believe I might be reading this wrong. So, I don't care. It's too goddamn confusing. So if you're trying to grow the sport in Canada, like that's the shittiest <laughs> right. way to do that. It's like someone's like, oh, it's getting popular. Let's 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 dig in. But like, you dig in when it's when it when it's popular, not when it's getting popular. When it's when it there's when it's the top sport in Canada, then charge twenty five dollars a month, right? But until then, like. If if soccer disappeared from this country tomorrow, like I'm sure tons of people would be bummed. We would all live, you know. If hockey disappeared, I'm sure there would be a number of people jumping off. Various. No, we we had hockey building. disappear for a year, and people just sat there and talked about missing the hockey. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. I, I I found other things to do, but yeah, if I feel like every eight years or whatever, we we don't have hockey. That's just how the NHL operates. They. Yeah. It's almost like they bake in a lockout. It's like, okay, we're going to play for eight years, and then we're going to lock out, and then we'll play for eight years more and lock out again. Dustin's being that guy. We have gone through three lockouts in our lifetime. It's true. That's yeah. insanity for Wait, a professional three? sports league. Three? I thought it was two. Well, one and a half. Baseball hasn't had that much, and baseball's known for the lockout. Like, that's... <laughs> right. <laughs> no, baseball's not known for the lockout. Donald Fair is known for the lockout. <laughs> Oh, no, you're thinking, Am I making that up? Wasn't there three lockouts? Yeah. No, it was one and a half. One and a half. Well, I mean, okay, I'm not. A lockout doesn't necessarily mean the full season. I mean, they were locked out. Like, games were canceled. Yeah. So, one and a half is two. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. How many baseball have? They had one and a half, right? Two? There was an NHL lockout in 94, 95, 04, right. 05, and 2012, 2013. In our lifetime, there's Shit. been three NHL lockouts. And baseball? Baseball was the baseball wasn't a lockout. It was the I don't know if it was no the, the players, players association who went on no. strike. No, no the, the, player, the, the players, players got locked, locked out. out. Then they went on strike. Okay, whatever the case was, they just they they locked out before games were played, and they didn't come to an agreement till training spring training. I think so. Right, but to your point, James, like <laughs> the Major League Baseball is known as the, the league that locked out, and they've done it twice, and maybe. And maybe that's because, you know, they don't give a shit about hockey in the United States. So it, it didn't resonate down there like right. it did up here, right? So what did you do? Though? So we, we asked you what you did. You're just talking about expensive soccer channels. <laughs> I, I, I looked into, I, like, trying to find a way to watch English Premier League soccer because my dad likes to watch it. And I'm like, okay, how much does this cost? Because originally for me, like, I had DAZN and that just, I had DAZN just for NFL. Who's your dad then, here for? Oh, Manchester United. Fuck your dad. I, dude, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do you want from me? Like, he, right. he, he's still living in England. Is, okay? NFL, like, is he has, NFL still on the zone? I mean, as of now, yeah. Uh, NFL football is still on zone in Canada. So that's what I'll have to now resubscribe to. Does your dad have an English accent? That... They what? Does he have an English accent? Who, my dad? Yeah. No. Oh. My sister does, though. Really? Yeah, because my dad was, my, both my parents were born in India. And then they they didn't know each other in India. They met in England. And then my sister was born in England. So she doesn't have a full-on English accent. I shouldn't say that. She came here when she was like seven years old. But there are some words that come out all of a sudden, total hardcore British accent. That's cool, man. So we're, essentially where I'm going with this, I tried to look at uh, FUBU TV and 
I'm not paying an extra twenty dollars a month for this garbage. So English Premier League is now dead to me. I did go to the TFC game over the weekend, though. That wow, was, what a game know, to go to, eh? TFC is uh, honestly, it's so much fun, and that's another problem that we're going to run into next year when all of a sudden uh, MLS soccer is on Apple TV, and then I'll never care about MLS soccer ever again because Apple TV bad. is the most dirt worst service you'll ever have. Our boy JP will tell you that it's not that bad. <laughs> He'll tweet at you. He will find your tweets and he will tell you that it's not that bad and to stop bitching. It is bad. And the reason why it's bad is because if you don't live in Apple's house, you're fucked. Like you can't watch you can't watch it on an Android device. You can't watch it on a Samsung TV. You can't watch an LG TV because I have both a Samsung TV and an LG TV and I can't watch it on either because there's no Apple TV app on either of them. Now maybe there would be now if I had a more like a more recent TV that has more updated software, but I can't get one. And then I'm like, okay, fine. I will go on my laptop and I'll go to their stupid website and I'll watch it on my laptop. And then maybe I can just cast it to my TV. Oh no, Apple does not support Google Chrome or Google or, or uh, Google Home or Chromecast. So like, I have no way of watching this game unless I pull up my laptop and watch it. So can I'm done with Apple TV. There is an Apple TV app on Samsung. Well, maybe a more recent one. My Samsung TV might be too old for it. Uh, do, you, do you want me to get you one? I'll steal it. What, a Samsung TV? Buddy, they're not hard. I mean, we should discuss this later. Okay. Uh, you know on, uh, it'll be the post show. <laughs> right. <laughs> but on Sunday, I went and saw Bullet Train. And I want to see was, it. That was a lot of fun. Okay. I highly recommend this movie. Um, I didn't know going in that I had no idea what the rating of the movie was because like I, I don't look at these things like I'm a grown adult. What do I care what, is it an R movie or it's a G movie? I don't care. But as the movie was going, I was thinking to myself, this might be the first R rated movie I've seen in theaters in quite some time. Because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of blood and there was a lot of gore and there was there was like sex scenes and stuff and nudity. I'm like, oh, OK, like this must be an R rated movie. I just looked up on IMDb. It's 14 A. Like, okay. Like, what do you have like, to do to be I an R-rated like movie? In the theater, Dustin was going in just thinking it'd be a fun little action movie, maybe like 14A or whatever, or like PG-13. And then like he saw the first like nudity and he in his head he was like, titties! In my head, I'm thinking, oh, this is an R-rated movie. I didn't realize this. Because I think with Bullet Train, other than like, if you go to the movies as often as I do, which is probably at yeah. least <laughs> once every three weeks, we'll say. I would say for the past six months, every movie that I've seen in theaters, bullet train trailer, bullet train trailer. I'm like, okay, guys, I will see this movie. I probably would not have seen this movie if I hadn't seen the trailer 900 times before <laughs> happening. But other than seeing that one trailer over and over and over and over again, I knew nothing about this movie. They're pushing Brad Pitt, man. Market Brad Pitt. That's all they're doing. Yeah. Strap the rocket to him. <laughs> and not just Brad Pitt, but like that trailer Aaron. was... Aaron Taylor Johnson. It was Brad Pitt and then Bad Bunny. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Just because of Bad Bunny, I am 100% in. This fucking guy complains about like, oh, hockey was off. I found something else to do. And he's like, oh, Bad Bunny's in a movie. I'm in. Fuck. <laughs> Wrong with Bad Bunny, man. He, he's won some Grammys. He's, uh, he's wrestled at WrestleMania. He's, uh, he's a huge international star, is Bad Bunny. You know, Bad Bunny is probably one of the biggest WWE stars in the world right now. He's no Whatever. Logan Paul. I mean, it's him and Logan Paul. That's got to be your one, too. 
sad state of affairs for that company if that's your one too <laughs> you know also the sad state of affairs is the toronto blue jays right now just free falling down those standings it is absolutely terrifying if it was a thrill ride at a theme park the line would be two hours long everyone wants to be on this ride just for that steep drop that they're hitting right now last week I, we didn't get to it on the podcast i didn't put it in the lineup because i didn't know if we were going to have time and we didn't but my question to you guys i wonder if i have it written down um do i have it written down from last week i do i wrote down what's more likely the jays missed the playoffs or the Jays catch the Yankees. <laughs> like I, last week, I was almost in a position of thinking, you know what? They're on a bit of a, they're playing okay right now. The Yankees are free falling as well. And the Jays at the time, I think were like eight games back of the Yankees. I'm like, in a, in a matter of a couple of weeks, they could have caught them. <sighs> but after the last week that the Blue Jays have had, and they are currently sitting. Well, I mean, they're currently playing right now against the Baltimore Orioles, and I fully expect them to lose this game. So let's say they are going to lose this game. They are only a half game ahead of the Baltimore Orioles for the last wildcard spot. To be fair, the Baltimore Orioles are the best team in baseball since July 8th or 9th or something. They're like 23-5 and five or something. It's crazy. Um, what? I don't know, man. I, I feel like every time the Jays... They always have that, right? They, when they had that series against Seattle, it's like Seattle's the best team in baseball right now. And but they now were. they have they've, these like they've two... actually they have run into that twice in a row. But or not yeah. twice in a row, but twice this season. Here's the thing with the Jays. The Jays didn't do at the trade deadline what winning teams do. This is a league that severely overvalues prospects. And I've said this before. Do the math in the MLB. If you take the top five prospects from every MLB team, right? How many prospects is that? There's 30 teams? Yeah, with Top 27 five, of drafting. It's 150 Sorry? players. You said top five prospects? Yeah. 150 players. Right. In the last... Well, not counting your own team, I guess, so 125. Right. In or the last... Whatever. 20 years. <laughs> Math. <laughs> in the last 20 years, how many... <laughs> generational franchise changing prospects have there been seven maybe um okay so off the top of my head mike trout obviously was a big i think he was like a first overall pick yeah i mean as you as not you go out over your point i'll look it up like otani how about that not including international signings like otani. no otani, yeah that's what but i'm saying otani would count top of your head don't look it up generate like so let's talk trout harper harper Judge. Um, you could Tatis. say Tatis. Tatis. Juan Soto. Machado. Soto. Christian Yelich. Scherzer. Maybe Yelich. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I would say Bellinger and also... Steger. Arenado. I would also go... Um, God damn it. The guy from the Mets. Uh, first baseman, Pete Alonso. Right, so let's let's go there, and let's say I would say a dozen is what you're getting at, max. So take those hundred and fifty, multiply that by the thirty years. Now those there's going to be overlap because thirty years, or you mean thirty teams? Over no, take over the hundred twenty five because every year you're drafting new players, and new players come in and out of the the rankings. 
So you multi like think about how many players will go through that system and become nothing compared to the guys that do make it. The Jays are overvaluing their farm immensely right now. There is a one in a gajillion chance that any of those guys, including Gabe Moreno, becomes franchise-changing players. And they had okay. an opportunity at Juan Soto, and they didn't do it. And I don't know if we could have matched the package that that's, that's the Padres the gave. I don't know. But the fact that we we didn't act like winners, we didn't address the left-handed bat. Like, I'm not, I'm not nothing against Whit Merrifield. He's exactly the type of guy we needed, but only if he batted left. <laughs> and then there's Jose Barrios has been atrocious. And listen, I know you go into the playoffs, you need three starters. We have two as it stands right now. And the bullpen is still hot fucking garbage. There's no left-handed arm. They're going to call Aaron Loop. What I think is interesting, if if you... And I don't want to jump this far ahead. I don't know if the Blue Jays are going to make the playoffs. And that's kind of how I'm framing this question is, are they going to make the playoffs? Um, But if they were to start the playoffs tomorrow and the Blue Jays are in, who's your rotation? Well, it's Manoa. Manoa's Manoa's one. Gossman's two. Gossman's two. Then Stripling's three. I was going to say, is it really Stripling? I think it has to be. Chicken strips with the dips? But there's no way they would do that to Barrios. Like, Barrios would be the third. Then he has to remember how to pitch. It's it's about winning. It's not doing that to Barrios. You have to go in there and give yourself... They did it to Ari Dickey. They'll do it to Barrios. But also, they fucking signed this guy. They paid him money. The guy better Google how to pitch. YouTube tutorial. How to regain your pitch. Like, that's... Like like I said a few weeks ago, it might have even been last week. I don't know. Sports isn't about paying guys to put up numbers. Sports is about paying guys to win. If Barrios isn't performing and winning, he doesn't play in the playoffs. He's not in those first three starting positions. He's definitely not your one like your wild card game starter. There's no way. And who else they got? They got Kikuchi. Hey. And then Mitch White. Hey. Mr. White. Yeah. I don't know, man. Which, I mean, he had an okay showing yesterday. When he both threw a strike. His, when he yeah, threw both <laughs> his starts with the Blue Jays have been fine. Like, he's gone 4.1 or 4.2 innings on both appearances, which isn't a quality start. But, I mean, for your fifth starter and for a team that's struggled in that fifth spot, I mean, he's pitching better than Barrios and Kikuchi right now. So Who's the, who's the, left-hander, I mean, who's the left-hander out of the pen that throws heat? Um, there isn't one. Right. That's my point. Like there's no, there's, <laughs> there's, they don't have the elements of a team that's going to go deep. And that's what I mean. Going back to a conversation we used, I think they called it on the season. I think they said, this is not our year. We, and what's, I think, no, they probably said, we'll try. We'll see what we can do. If not, just regroup for next year. But here's, here's another thing. And I don't, again, I don't know. And another thing, uh, I don't know how deep the talks with the Jays and Soto got and how close they were, but Springer is probably going to move to right because of his elbow, right? Like they, there's no chance that he stays in center. Like they're going to protect his health by moving him to right. I, I don't think Teo's staying. I don't think they're I don't think they're going to pay. So he's probably gone after next year. They should have like Soto could have played center. 
Well, I mean, yeah, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I right? think I understand what... shoulda, woulda, coulda, but like, it, it just it feels right now like a, yeah, maybe up again. Not maybe, of course I am. I have a lack of foresight into what their plans are and, and how they're assessing things and blah blah blah. Sure, but it feels, it feels at least from our end like an oversight to some of these things, like. You, they can say, well, we didn't know Springer. No, you know Springer's been off and on injury. You know, well, Teo is a. You're not going to pay. They're not going to pay Teo twenty five, thirty million. Somebody will. So, because you got, they still have to pay Bichette and Vladdy that they haven't paid. Well, so, that's the thing is, well, they the pay way Bichette. Bichette kind of held up in his comments of being like, oh, you know, kind of what I'm worth and you know whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not long for this team. As much as that sucks, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not here for too long. I, I think we're also looking at this the wrong way in terms of like how much this team is willing to spend. I think they will spend. And of course, it depends on the players and whether they want to stay here or not. And that's an entirely different conversation. But I think when it comes to Bichette and when it comes to not necessarily Teo, and I can see your point of them maybe not willing to pay him, but I think Vladdy and Bo will get as much money as they're willing to ask for, essentially. Yeah, I mean... Here, in Toronto. Yeah, I could... I mean, those are the two I could see, but, like, I don't know. Like, Teo and Lourdes, both, they're going to come out back-to-back. They're going to come up, right? So, again, Soto had all these years of control... I mean, at least as much left as Lourdes. No, he had one more than Lourdes because he has two years after this year. And Lourdes has Teo's next year, and Lourdes is the year after. So I think I think that's right. Um, so the window, the, and again, that goes back. The window for this iteration of the Blue Jays is potentially uh, un peu, very small. So I don't know. Again. Teo is, Teo is up this year, but he's arbitration eligible next year. Uh, Lourdes is the same situation. So he has a, he's under contract next year, but the year after he's arbitration eligible. So, so yeah, what I they're still kind of sort of under team control, but not really. It, it all depends on how that goes. The arbitration by that. So, yeah, so you're gonna Tao, you're gonna lose your outfield. Tao's gonna get paid in arbitration. Yeah. And so well, and Lourdes might too. Lourdes might get might not get paid the same way Teo does. But it might be more than the Jays can stomach. Right. I think Lourdes will probably get... He's making 5.8 this year. So he's probably going to get at least a $10 million I was going to say, I peg him around seven, anywhere between 17 and 20. I don't know about 20. I would say about 15. But it doesn't matter. But like, yes, he's going to get a significant raise. And that money has to come out of somewhere. You know, uh, Whit Merrifield is due $18 million in 2024. What? That's what I mean, right? Like these guys are going to look at Whit Merrifield and go, you know, where's my money? You know, and, and yeah. the Jays yeah, didn't pay him, but yeah, they are now. How about that? Uh, he and Jin Ryu deal where he's due $20 million next year. That's, uh, $20 million to not play. Yeah. I want that deal. <laughs> Can someone pay me $20 million to not play baseball? And even, I will when, take he did, that. even when he did play, it was five innings. And then he was like, okay, guys, um, you know, it's time for some time for some cervezas and some food. And I'm out of here. I'm going to go have a shower, go for a dip. Yeah. All that, all that sounds like a great idea, but <laughs> it's the dream. I, I see where you're coming from, James. 
where it didn't feel like the Blue Jays felt like they could win this year. It felt like they I, didn't I mean, invest. It felt like they didn't invest. Yeah, like, right. Like from our outside perspective, looking at the moves they made in the deadline, it didn't inspire a lot of confidence that they expected to play well into October. Additionally, also who is not going to be playing in October is Fernando Tatis Jr., who was given an 80-game suspension earlier this week for using or testing positive, I suppose, for performance-enhancing drugs. <sighs> this, is, this is an interesting one. So Tatis tested positive for Clusterbol. I don't know if I'm even saying that right, but Would essentially it's... <laughs> essentially it is a uh steroid like thing it re it slowly rebuilds muscle similar to what a st uh, normal steroid would do which also makes sense if you look at it under the lens of he's on the injured list he's working to get back to the team it theoretically you can understand why someone may who is recovering from an injury may be using a substance like this According to Fernando, he said it was a mistake. <laughs> he said it was a mistake that led to this positive test. He inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworms that contained clusterball. And again, no idea if I'm saying that right. And he then somewhat took responsibility saying I should have, you know, checked the resources and understood that it was a banned substance and he failed to do so. So there's two angles at this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes. One. Whoa, pump the brakes. Go on. Did you hear about his dad? His dad said it was for like a hair thing. Yeah, his dad said he was getting a haircut. Oh, no. And he, yeah. had, he used a spray for the fungus. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Well, see, that's the thing. So I see what you're trying to get at. Like maybe their stories are conflicting, but a fungus is what creates the ring. No, for sure. And, but I'm just saying, like, his dad jumping in now saying it's a haircut, like it was from a haircut. Like, dude, who are you getting your well, haircut by? Edward Scissorhands? Like, what the fuck? I want to be fair to Fernando that maybe... Which one? Maybe... So what they were trying to say here is that he took the medicate or he took the steroid to clear up the uh, ringworms that were created by a fungus that came from the Edward Scissorhand haircut. I feel like you have so to go far, too far down, like a, like a, a street to get to that point. So the, the, the I'm just saying, there's the a through line is, there. That's all I'm saying. The steroid is entirely possible because, right? Because like you use steroid creams, like those are real things for like people with eczema use steroid creams. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that for other fungi and fungi related issues, you would use some sort of steroid antibiotic or steroid something, right? However... Yeah, but no. as an athlete, though, you have to do your due diligence to make sure of what you're putting into your body. Right? Um, according or, to WebMD... So I, I, did look, I did look some of this up. on. Uh, so if you have ringworms on your scalp, which makes sense based on the haircut. Okay. Um, OTC, which I assume means over-the-counter. Over-the-counter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, treatment may not be enough. Your doctor will write you a prescription for an antifungal medication that you'll have to take by mouth for one to three months. And then it gives you a list of medications that are by usually mouth. prescribed by no your... spray. Then it gives you a list of medications that um, 
are typically recommended by a physician when treating a scalp ringworm. None of them are cl- clusterable. So, okay, there's also a thing that where he wrote clostable and there's one called clostetable or something. Like, there's oh, two different true. things, too, that people are getting confused. So, like, it's all over the place, and it's a mess, man. Who was that guy that got busted for taking, like, shark hormones or something? Like, in the NFL last year? Remember someone got busted for taking, like, bear? They are saying, like, like bear something like bear. oh it's like some bear tranquilizer or some shit yeah who's taking the bear tranquilizer oh i do i vaguely remember this i wonder story. what kind of ring room that dude had while dustin looks that up the point is is at the end of the day you do need to as an athlete you are under a different kind of segment when it comes to medication expectation that, yeah you have to understand that you can't just go off the rail and say, go to some random doctor, be like, yeah, take this. Because that doctor probably doesn't know what is or isn't banned as part of the MLB CBA, right? Team doctors will. And I'm assuming that's what he meant by, I should have verified the resources or gone to the resources available to me. He probably did this away from a team doctor and got fucked. Or he took it knowingly and then just is trying to blame Ringworm. So I'm, I looked it up and... Supposedly, there's an online rumor that DeAndre Hopkins took beaver yes. tranquilizer. Yes. Why? <laughs> this supposedly was false, and it was a reference to a movie. So That's still funny. It was a dodgeball reference, supposedly. But here's the <laughs> thing, too. Um, you know, Fernando Tatis played this smart. You might be thinking, how? The man took responsibility, said, I should have done this, blah, blah, blah. I'll eat my suspension and see you all next year. Man wasn't playing this year. The man, he wasn't playing this year. So he's going to eat the eight-game suspension I, this year. And he's going to look like a hero for being responsible. And he's not going to go through the same shit that dude... What was that dude from... Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun. He's not going to go through the Braun shit. Lloyd Braun. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he's going to come out next year. Though, you know, as a sports card investor, though, I got to tell you. So I read a stat that... Fernando Tatis as like a market in the hobby has like lost like something like three million dollars in value. Like he's like his cards, his rookie cards, his autos and stuff have tanked because no one's gonna see him for a year. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how this affects other things, but like I gotta say, the dude for the position he's in, the dude played it smart. And that's what the same thing I would have done. I would have been like, yeah, man, my fault. See you next year. But if you're a teammate of Tatis, how pissed off are you? Like they go out and get Soto. They have Machado. You know, they have all these pieces. They look primed to take a step and bam, you know, and he's supposed to be the corner piece of that team. I mean, he's pretty, he's oft injured. So, I mean, if but that's the point, right, but maybe in a weird way, so he's Good. injured so often it's like now you're just doing more to just fuck this up right but maybe in a weird way just stay away for the balance of the year and get healthy at the same time like play all of next year maybe that's you know soto's gonna be there all those guys are gonna be there you know same like what the jays could have done like even if the jays didn't win this year the window would still be open but i don't know i feel like i also feel like at some point you're right like I mean, is, is it going to get to the point where these guys can't get treatment for shit too? Like, if he actually needed it, 
Like, is there is there a non steroid alternative, or does this man just have to live with a ringworm? Like, no, there's so that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, at least of the three medications that I saw in WebMD, none of them uh, appear to be a steroid. I mean, I could be wrong about that. Obviously, I don't. I haven't read all the ingredients of all these. But even for other things, you've got to drugs? assume that other things, like if the steroid option is the option, do you think MLB's like, nah, sorry, bro. Like, what if steroids cured cancer? And like a guy was like, yeah, no. And they were like, mm. Aaron, Aaron Judge or Mike Trout gets a, some kind of pancreatic cancer. And they're saying, mm. hey, sorry, this will cure it. Do you think that, do you think, but that's an exceptional case where they'd be like, Suspended. this is different. It's an ex- so, yeah. So here's the thing. Well, I and mean, they would say, take it. We'll suspend you because you're not going to play during treatment anyway. So during your treatment, you're serving your suspension. Okay. Let's say if, let's say it's something else that's not like that. I don't know. Let's make up a new thing. Okay. But here, here's what, here's the crux of the issue. Right. He's on the injured list. He, so regardless of what the injury is or what eligible, a sickness could right. be or whatever, he's currently on the injured list. So they should Has activate it, him and serve the suspension on, upon activation and not during injured well, list. Okay. But then, well, he becomes a, on. Does he come, then he becomes an active member of the roster, I think, and a roster spot. On the injured list, not currently playing, hasn't played at all this season. Okay. Is it a performance-enhancing drug if he's what's, not playing? What's the man cheating at? What's he cheating at? Who is he cheating Right. He's cheating from recovering from an injury to get back to the team sooner? Now, okay, if he comes back to the team and then he's still using the steroids, understandable, you know, suspendable offense, he is now cheating. But if he's not currently playing the game, how is he cheating? Why do they test this man anyway? <laughs> you know, that, that was my first thought is why are you testing an injured player? But I think at the same time, though, that's probably his thinking is I'm injured. They're not going to test me um, if it was something intentional. And I think the whole point is that because he's injured, there is a likelihood that he may take something. So they're like, test him. Maybe, but again, like you can see the logic he, from both sides. But again, like you said, who's he cheating, right? Like, I think baseball is overcompensating for the years that they just let steroids go free and it wasn't like there's a weird misalignment in baseball still where steroids weren't illegal and then they were and they punished people who took them when they weren't like I'm forever on the Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame train the guy was the best fucking baseball player like outside of steroids you still gotta hit the ball yeah steroids don't make you have contact and fucking Roger Clemens took them too so the the whole like well hitters and feeling because pitch, pitchers took them. So like Barry, like the only reason Barry Bonds is in the hall of fame is because the man's an asshole to the press and the press is the one who votes you in. But next question, <laughs> but it's not, and maybe Barry Bonds will appear in at the end of our show when we talk about the top five most hated athletes of all time, but not no, on my okay. list, not on, not my, on list. my list. Well, it's not on my list. guy. So I'm a Barry Spoiler. Bonds guy. I'm I'm a I'm not an A Rod guy. Um, Fuck it, I'm, no man. A Rod, whatever. He he brokered those deals. Good on him. He was a businessman. There were there were people who denied it in, like Rafael Palmero denied it in court, and then said he misremembered. Hold on, no no no. Let me let me hold on. Give me one sec. Okay, everyone, stop talking. I didn't take steroids. Period. 
I remember that. Raphael Palmero in front of Congress. Yeah. Misremember. Mark McGuire. Guy. Hey, you know what? Say what you want about Mark McGuire. The man was very vague. <laughs> he did No, but like, I, I will say this. If it wasn't for steroids, baseball in the late 90s, 2000s is boring as fuck. Yeah, but steroids saved baseball. I wrote a paper the on Sam it. The Sam Sosa, Mark McGuire. I remember my mom, who is not a baseball fan, was watching baseball games because of the race between Sosa and McGuire. Dude, I wrote an entire college paper on it, and I got an A on it because I, I showed from left to right the era, the revenue, awesome. all this stuff, and how steroids saved baseball. And I mean, like, obvi- it's obviously, it's obviously a concept, but to show the effect that it had on baseball at the time, you okay? Yeah, I dropped something. <laughs> Sounds like he's falling apart over there. I know, right? Uh, no, trust me. I just dropped a pen. I didn't have messed up audio for an hour and a half. So, <laughs> um, dick. Uh, so. The, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's weird that baseball would hate the thing so much that saved it from basically obscurity. Because if it wasn't for the Maris chase, baseball was dead. You know, what was crazy is that Ken Griffey Jr. hit like 56 home runs that year <laughs> when Maguire and Sosa were banging. Yeah, out nobody 70. talks about that. No one talks about Griffey. Oh, did they, did Maguire hit 70? I thought he got to 65. The 70s were he Oh, 70. Oh, did he? Sosa yeah, hit he was 73. I think Sosa was 68 or something 63. like that. I will say this, though. Griffey's still a better player than both of them. I, I don't think anyone would ever doubt that. Because Griffey was... Five-tool player. He was a five... He was a, exactly. He was a five-tool guy. He could hit for power, hit for contact. Run. He had speed. Uh, he had fielding. Defense, and, and an what, what am I missing? An arm. And an arm. Like, he, he had it all. Whereas Maguire... Did not have speed. Remember Maguire in Oakland? How small he was. Same with Bonds in, I think Oakland as well. No, Bonds was in San Diego, San, San Francisco. San Francisco. No, before, no, before Pirates. He was before, a pirate. Yes, Pirates. Yeah, but the before and after the steroids pictures of those guys is hilarious. It's absolutely like just Bonds' head alone. But the thing is, look. Go, well, go back and look at all the guys. Jason Giambi. That guy, that guy was a balloon. They're like, look. I think I, I think I put in the Discord this week. of was like, Ken Griffey Jr. is a beast. Like the yeah. guy looks like he's jacked up now. Like back when he was playing, he just looked like a lanky, very smooth swinging he's guy. A chonky, no. But he's now a he looks baseball. like, now he looks like he's benching four fifty. Yeah. Well, also too though, like Griffey could probably still strap in his DH and crank dingers for a Frank, team. Frank Thomas was huge. Jose Canseco, Frank? massive. Cecil yeah, Fielder? but Canseco never hid his steroid taking, really. Like, he never outwardly talked about it, but when everyone got booked and he started, you know, and it started, the heat started coming, he was just like, yeah, whatever. I took steroids. Fuck it. Yeah, yo, mad respect, like, to Jose Canseco for that. Like, the guy's a piece of shit. But when they came down to, like, steroids, he was like, yeah, did it. Yeah, that was me, for sure. We were all doing them, of course. He's like, yeah, I shot him up in the back, right yeah. in the ass. They're like, sir, we missed steroids. He's like, oh, sorry. Uh, you know who else is huge? Serena Williams, who uh, called it quits or officially, in some way, has officially somewhat retired. I'm not she sure did, how that statement went. Pool. It seemed like she was going to retire. No, she's finishing. the. She's saying this is like her year. This is like her swan song. Right. This is the retirement tour year. Um, I think it's fair to say in terms of women's tennis 
or maybe even tennis in general, I don't know if there's ever going to be a more prolific athlete or winning or someone who wins more than Serena Williams. That might be in sport, not just tennis, like an well, individual that's, that's, sport. Okay, I was going to say that's fair because I don't. How many? It, she how just many, wins so it, it's ridiculous. You look at the, okay, Australian Open, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times won the Australian Open. French Open three times, Wimbledon one, two, three, four, five, six times, Wimbledon. US Open one, two, three, four, five, six times, US Open. Like, that's obscene. The She has won more at a single major at her lowest count, which would be the French Open, than most tennis players even sniff a quarterfinal. And those uh, those tournaments that I was counting, that's just singles. Yes. <laughs> she's well, that's what done. I was say. She's won an Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, U.S. Open, all in doubles. And those as well. are just major at least once. Yeah. So, like, what about little tournaments? Like, how many tournaments has she won in totality? Yeah, like not even including majors. Like, like, like the the buttfuck like Capital One Pro Am. Like the Rogers. Um, so, if you're according to Wikipedia, singles titles. 73. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then doubles is 23. How many so how she's, many tournaments she, did Jack she has, well, she has 96 96 between doubles and singles. Yes. I was going to say I'll do the math for you. It's okay you struggled earlier. So Oh man, I've been real struggling with math today. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I had to subtract 5 so, from 150 and came up with 125 somehow. How many how many majors did Jack Nicholas win? 17. Was it? I'll take Maddie's word for that because he knows more about golf than I do. But that sounds right. It's either seventeen or eighteen. I'll and look it up. Continue. How many though. majors did Serena Williams win? Because I think those are two good gauges in individual sport. It's more than seventeen. It's definitely more. Like if you take just singles, or are we counting doubles as well? Singles. And then how many gold medals did Michael Phelps have? Or how many medals did Michael Phelps have? <laughs> 23 uh, single Grand Slam championships for Serena Williams. She only only has four Olympic gold medals. Eight, 18 for Jack Nicholas. So she has him beat. Yep. And then, so what about... Phelps is different, though, because that's an every four-year thing. And it's like, if you win one event like for swimming and dominate sure. it, you're typically going to dominate every other swimming event you're in. Yeah, so like his output for like his potential output for medals, if he's the best swimmer in the world at that year, is what is it like? He can win four swimming he can competitions win four in a day. Yeah, he can right. Win. Whereas Serena can only win two gold medals at the, each Olympics, which in which she did in 2012 in London, she won the singles and the doubles. But you I, gotta I guess she was, it, yeah. I guess she was just the piece of shit in 20, 2008, 2000, only won the double gold medal. So, <laughs> wow, slacking it. She took it off. <laughs> she's, at, I mean, we're talking here about individual. Like, she's got to be up there in the conversation of, and probably at the top of greatest female athlete, greatest, right? No, not even female. Like, I think she's in the conversation for, like, in the top five greatest athletes of all time. Like, hands down. How do you I not? would say top five most dominant performers in oh, their sport. Like I would in say their sport on that or list in sport, in sport, because like on that list to me of like Perfect. most dominant athletes is you're gonna have Tom Brady just because the sheer amount of wins in a 
you know, as a quarterback in Super Bowls is obscene. No one's ever going to hit that. And then Michael Jordan, Serena, Tiger, and then your fifth is probably interchangeable between... But is Tiger ahead of Jack? I would say in the era that Tiger played, there was more competition. So yes, Tiger may only have 13, 14 majors, but he also had to go against much higher competition than Jack Nicholas did at the time. In a fairly short period of time too, right? Yes. Like that's over Nicholas's whole career. And also, man, Tiger won that US Open, what was it, like eight years ago on that absolutely exploded knee. Like, and then the dude won that Masters a couple years ago. You know, like, I, I just think I hate doing the error adjusted wins or the error adjusted performances. It's kind of hard, but I think for golf, you can do it or individual sports, you can kind of do it more than a team sport. Right. Because like Gretzky in the eighties, you know, if you were, then everyone goes to the argument, well, if he has access to the nutrition and the training that all the players do now, then it's different. No, as an individual sport, when you literally have no one else to rely on, but yourself, it's easier to kind of look at the comparison between eras and accept it a little easier than it is in team sports. So that's why I think you can look at it. Tiger's the greatest ever. Um, because also too, back when Nicholas played guys were just, Regular dudes who go out, play a lot, practice a lot, and just be naturally good at the game. So, so, but okay. So then, this is what I'm going to say about Serena. Uh, the same could somewhat be said about Serena. I don't know that the competition for female tennis though was super high during Serena Williams' tenure. It's not definitely not the same as the men. The men is ridiculous. Like in at one point, you had Federer, Nadal. Um, Djokovic. Djokovic and the dude from England. What's his Murray. name? Andy Murray. Andy Murray. Right? Like just in the that's just the top four alone. And they it was always relatively those guys. And then you had, you know, the next six to ten guys that were kind of always floating around there as well. Oh, the guys that led into that. Um, Remember Pete Sampras? Yeah. Agassi, I, Sampras, yeah. McEnroe. Roddick. But that was all like before the time of Nadal and Federer. Yeah, that was just at the beginning of like, yeah. I think Federer was what, like 18, 19 then, like just coming in. Yeah. So I'm just, so, I, I'm not saying Serena isn't, I'm just saying like, is she so good that she's better than everybody else by that Delta or was the competition just not at a competitive level? Like it's, is it top down or is it bottoms up? Yeah. I think when you like what we just said, where we're looking at back at the era of men's tennis. We're talking about the Federer and Nadal era. We're not talking about the Serena Williams and everybody else. Maria Sharapova era. We're talking about the Serena Williams era. Yeah. Like you could arguably say maybe Venus, but it's still not even close. I don't think. No, no. I think to just, there's also with Serena, it was, you could argue though that, just the sheer presence and domination of what she did. People probably just felt defeated going into tournaments anyway. It and was a battle for second. And coming back after kids the way yes, she did. And still winning majors like nobody's business coming back after having the kids. That's actually a really good point. That's a wrinkle that we don't have to deal with as men 
Nope, not <laughs> it's physically, a lot right? bigger wrinkle than you, I'm making it sound like. But you only got to deal with your wife chasing you with a nine iron and being hopped up and crashing a car into a tree. The physical that was recovery. A good South Park episode. The physical recovery is something that we'll never understand, right? So yeah, to go back and to be top tier, not just perform, dominate. Tier. Yeah, it's it's right? quite incredible. So it's. I think it's an easy case to make as a top five. I mean, you can make strong arguments for any of those top five to be the number one. And you would probably come out of that argument or discussion with anybody feeling, you know, like whoever you came to a decision with on that day would be relatively fair. But I just think that not enough people give her the, I guess, the love in that top group that she should get from the wider sports world. Because like if you... If you were to sit down and I mean, I'm going to say it, you know, if you sit down 20 guys and you say, name your top five most dominant athletes of all time, I guarantee you 18 of those guys minimum don't even have her in the top five. And they're wrong. But my next question on the whole thing is what does women's tennis look like after Serena? Like Wide open. Wide open or, or no bueno? Like, is it going to... No, it it's be... wide open competition-wise, but in terms of marketing, it's going to be tough because she could carry, especially a U.S. Open and a Wimbledon, you get her, like, Serena and a Wimbledon final on that Sunday in the all-white in the center court on the grass, that's an iconic moment that people want to see, right? It's Serena at the U.S. Open final in her home country, that's something people want to see, right? Now, it's just like, the number one's going to be changing every tournament. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be, here's your pedestal, here's your standard, and everyone's just climbing to the top. Now it's just you have a bunch of people that are on the cusp and they're just kicking each other around. It's so. going to be golf now. Yeah. Well, that's something we're going to have to get into with Cameron Smith eventually going, now that he went to live and all these guys going to live, it's going to be interesting. Going into next golf season, not right now because like it's still being played out. I think during the off season of golf, so the three weeks they're actually off, is when you'll start kind of having a really good idea. But yeah, I know super off topic, but I think one of the coolest things about live golf right now is having the country uh, country club adjacent guys all oh. just there at the media scrums and they're there to messing with all the guys <laughs> as they're trying to tee off. It's fantastic. It's it's great, honestly. I will say that has been. And I'm a thing about the prestige of the green jacket and, you know, the open championship. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Okay, we also, like, talked about the whole Serena thing earlier this week. Like, I'm not a tennis guy, whatever. So, like, <laughs> shut No, that, that's just the that's, <laughs> No, that's no, just the Happy a... Gilmore reference again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is I, I, that's been one of the most refreshing things about Liv is that it's not the stick-up-the-ass reporters. Yeah. It's... People having fun. The, if you, the people listening, like the guys in Vietnam that we know are listening, big shout out to you guys. Um, if you haven't had a chance to go to Instagram and check out the content from the country club adjacent guys, it is absolutely fantastic shit. Like the fact that they had Bryson on there, and I'm not like a big Bryson guy, but it kind of gave me a new level of respect for the dude when I heard him on their podcast that they're just like, yo, how much was it? And he's joking around about how much money he made on live and stuff. Like, 
it's it's a window or it's it's an it's a road into athletes or into a sport that typically was very you know prim and proper cut and dry so check it out because they're and they're hilarious yeah not to go too much down the live path but um the product itself is an interesting inviting product right it's a good idea is it invites you in the product itself is decent no it's it's not it's not bad i i personally like the concept of teams i like the idea of there being a team championship and a singles championship in in competitions i i mean i'm not a fan of where the funding comes from i'm not a fan of who, who runs it and all that stuff but you know if if this product was provided by fucking disney um would there be the same vitriol? Mm. Right? Like, is this, is like, what, what I'm wondering is, is sport washing the issue, which it should be, or are people just mad that it's just not the PGA, right? Like, and guys, are, and guys are ducking for money. Like, would, be, would people be mad if guys were ducking for money if it was Disney money? I don't think, I think but like I think any company is going to have shady funding from wherever they come from. It's just PGA I think included. That, that, what PGA included? Oh, absolutely. Right. The money they take from companies that are totally sus is probably rather the large. The difference is, is these companies are not as overt as the Saudis are where their money comes from. Yeah. No, for sure. I'm just saying, like, again, arguing the other side of it would. No, I think there's good concepts from Liv. I think there's good ideas that are there. It's just, I don't think they figured out how to apply those ideas in the best way possible yet. But again, that's trial and error. That's anything. Yeah, that's going to take time. And these guys have countless dollars to burn. I I like how they have like reporters, like mid round, like, you know, they'll approach and guys will talk like mid hole. They'll be interviewed, which is kind of neat. So you can get a different, like you said, a different perspective into a mentality these guys not after the round you can get it after he hits a shitty shot you know which is kind of cool um yeah but yeah they you can tell the funny thing is all the people that have gone are all this of the same they're all cut from the same cloth yeah like all the all but the villains all the villains went to to live Cameron smith's not really a villain though like he know. just won true you know the and like no now. one really didn't like him it's just I, I'm not gonna lie though. You throw 300 sheets in front of me, man. I'd be like, "Peace, <laughs> I'm gone." <laughs> well, th- speaking of uh, throwing up some deuces, we had an interesting tweet from Antonio Brown this week. <laughs> Yo, the, hold on, before you get into that was a fantastic segue. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally in the quote, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> that just worked out very well. Um, I was searching the internet trying to find out that this was fake. I was thinking there is no way he actually said this because, okay. So when the tweet came out, it's a picture of Antonio Brown and beside it is a bunch of text. Like it's a quote, like an, like imagine if it was like from an Antonio Brown quote generator where it just took a bunch of random words. He had an AI generated quote. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like one of those things that would be shared on Facebook and that like your grandmother would send to you and be like, oh, look, Celine Dion's dead. You know, it, it's 
<laughs> like that's what it looked like. So I'm like, okay, no way this guy said this. And then when I found out where the image originated from, it was from Antonio Brown's verified Twitter account. So I'm like, okay. Well, then I guess it's legitimate. And it's been a few days and he hasn't come out and said it's not true. So I'm going to assume he said this. Do you want to read it? So I'm going to read <laughs> what Antonio Brown tweeted on August the 11th. My biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM a cracker or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet. That was a really fun episode of uh, Hard Hard Docs. Yeah. Or throwing rocks at that UPS driver. And it definitely doesn't involve taking off my shirt and doing a victory lap around the Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. My biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me, Antonio Brown, play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine that's I can't imagine that was like for that this doesn't make any sense, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that. Like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks. How many how many uh shows did Jesus perform at Red Rocks? Yeah, I, that's what I was, <laughs> I was gonna say. Like, there's a lot to unpack here, but I feel like we Red need Rock. to start with Jesus performing at Red Rocks. Yeah, <laughs> how many Beatles Jesus, do? There's some like guitarist named Jesus. Maybe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Beatles never. I don't think Red Rocks was a thing when the Beatles were a thing. So I, I mean, didn't Incubus play at Red Rocks? Didn't they do like a whole video? South Park was just there. Rocks? South Park just did the concert from from yeah. there the other night. But um, uh, there's a lot to you know. There's a lot to unpack there, and there's really not a lot to unpack there. The guy's nuts. The guy's always been nuts, and he's if Brady couldn't straighten him out, then he's just nuts. Like I don't, I've never like. What? Where was his career? He played in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Majority of his career, he played in Pittsburgh, and then after that blew up, I think he spent a year, not even a year, like a few games with the Patriots. Yeah. Because he just mm-hmm. went where Brady was. And then after that, he spent the, the next two years again with Brady in Tampa. But again, had, has not played a full season since 2018. Yeah. And that was Pittsburgh. He's a moron. Like, there's, there's not. Like, the worst thing is half the, the people the didn't get to watch talent. him play because he barely played. Oh, and actually, you know what? I forgot about. He, I think it was 2019 when he played the one game for the New England Patriots. That was the year he signed with the... I don't know if he signed or got traded or whatever, but he was with the Oakland Raiders. Mm. And that was that hard knock season where he had the the frozen feet and the... Oh, God. And the whole thing. (laughs) This guy is... Okay, so here's... There's two angles. Well, I mean, there's a number of angles to this. But, like, I want to somewhat be careful because I think there may be some significant mental health issues with Antonio Brown. So I don't want to dunk on him too much because I... I hope nothing bad ever happens to the guy. And I hope he lives a long life and, you know, and I don't want to have to go back like years later and see us like shitting on the guy when clearly he's crying for help. And I hope that's not what this is. I hope he's just having fun and he's like, he's self-aware enough to know that he's joking and he doesn't actually mean any of this shit. I hope he's not serious. No, he's serious. Right. The guy took off his shirt and bailed in mid game. Like he's through the end zone. Like he's not, he's never he's never been actually. He was actually pretty quiet his first couple of years in Pittsburgh. 
So that's what I was going to get to. Should we, re- re- okay, as a Baltimore Ravens fan, so it's hard for me to like praise the Pittsburgh Steelers for anything, but should we retroactively go back and give Mike Tomlin coach of the year every year from 2010 to 2018? Because he had to deal with Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown all in the same offense, and he built a successful team around those three divas. Did they win? Uh, they won a Super Bowl in that time frame, did they not? I think they won one. 2018? I can look it up. But... No, I think it was like 2017. I mean, I'm sure all, one of us can look it up. But like the fact that Tomlin had to deal with all of those guys. Yeah. And whether they won a, a Super Bowl or not, they were still a successful team in the NFL every... I mean, yeah. Steelers have always been a competitive team for as long as I can remember. Steel Curtain. And, and Antonio Brown would have been a big part of those teams. Obviously, Roethlisberger is the cornerstone of that offense for a long time, and Paul Mollen on defense. But Antonio Brown, when he was with the Steelers and when he was rolling, like if you look at his stats from 2013 to 2018, he averaged, and I'm doing the math in my head, but he probably averaged... 14, 1,500 yards every single year and average 10 touchdowns a year? That's massive. That's a Hall of Fame-like career. He had, he was on pace. Right. On pace for a Hall of Fame career without breaking a sweat. And then he just goes right into crazy town. No, but he also, he decided to fuck off for a year or two because he said he wanted to get, was it him that wanted to get paid or was that Le'Veon Bell? That said, I'm, I think it was Le'Veon Bell, actually, maybe. Said, I'm Bell. not putting my life and on the line. And that's what I mean with shit. having to deal with Bell, Brown, and Roethlisberger all in the same but offense. Bell, but Bell's reasoning was actually good. He's like, I'm not putting my life on the line unless you're going to pay me. Because this man was running into people head first. And right? that's, I think, totally fair. And I think that's why a lot of NFL players are looking to get extensions on their deals long before their deal's even over. Guaranteed, Because right? any second they step out on that field that could be the end of their career yeah well running backs of any or have the shortest shelf life of any athlete in any sport right right like i mean you have what three good years of like legitimately top-notch productivity unless you're unless you're like adrian peterson yeah <laughs> adrian peterson or adrian peterson like recently no, ladanian Ledan- tomlinson extended had a, career. a little longer yeah. than most guys frank Gore. um frank Gore. Uh, I mean, the sad thing is, is, you know, we might be seeing the not stark, but a beginning of the decline of Derrick Henry. And he's had two, three years and just riddled with injuries as well, too. Right. But yeah, like look the, at a guy like Saquon Barkley, right? Yeah. But the sad thing is with Brown is the immense talent the dude had. And if he just kept it together and he's like, all right, I'm just going to put in the work, keep my mouth shut. The dude would have multiple rings whether it was with Pittsburgh, whether it was with that year in New England or whatever. Well, contenders would have, would have acquired him. Contenders would have wanted to get him. Yeah. Like he would have been right. the, the type of, of piece that contenders would have gotten to put them over the top and then win championships. You're right. He probably would be a multi-Super Bowl champion, maybe not with the Steelers, but probably other teams. He'd probably go down as one of the greatest receivers in the NFL ever. So... I look. I just looked it up. The last uh, 
Pittsburgh oh, Steelers Super Bowl was oh, uh, a year before Antonio Brown arrived. So oh, it was in 2009, okay. I believe. Antonio Brown showed up in 2010. So he ha- did not win a Super Bowl with the Steelers, but he did win a Super Bowl with the Patriots? Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, led by, of ring. course, Tom Brady. So he well, does no, have one ring to his name. Yeah, because he signed at like near the end of that yeah. season, played, and then the f- full season he was supposed to play where he complained he about off. his ankle is the one where he walked off. So that's probably why I blended Antonio Brown into the Steelers championship because he came right after. Yes. Yeah, it was 08 against. Uh, actually... Oh, I've already closed that, but <laughs> it was Arizona Cardinals in 2008. Yeah, so he really? came like two years later. Also, Madden comes out at the end of this week, so. Shit. Is anyone gonna is anyone gonna buy that? Because I'm not. No, because it'll come out in no. three months on Game Pass. No, it won't, be th- it won't be on Game Pass in three months. Yes, it will. It'll be end end of the no. It'll be in February. It'll be on Game Pass. When the season's are we taking right? bets right now? Do we want to take a bet on when Madden ends up on Game Pass? When has any when has any ever sport ended up on Game Pass in the season? I'm just saying, man. With this new agreement between EA and Xbox, it, you're gonna start seeing it earlier and earlier. You think so? Yeah, NHL came out, I think, in April. No, that's way later. Not well, the game, game comes out. The game came out in October last year. Well, that's what I mean. Like that would be, you know, six months later. Yeah. So, like, you'll probably see Madden on Game Pass within four months at the earliest, and at the latest six, seven. Then the season's over. That's what I'm saying. It'll be out like close to the end of the season. Up, bought. You want to get Boxing Day. Boxing Day, that shit's always fifty percent off. Always. Oh yeah, so that's what. That's I'm okay. I'm okay with playing Madden Twenty Two yeah. <laughs> until I get Madden Twenty Three for free on Game Pass. It's the same game. It's literally the same game every single year. And the best football video game of all time is Tech NFL Two K Five. I was gonna say NFL Blitz. No, NFL Blitz <laughs> is actually right up there. Those power bombs were vicious. Yeah, or like the Mortal Kombat bone breaking moments. Oh, and you NFL guys need Blitz to play 2000? NFL 2K5. Yeah. Was it, wasn't T.O. on the cover of that one? He is on the cover yes. of that one. Yo. And Chris Berman did the halftime show. Chris yeah. Berman did do the halftime show. I remember that that game. game was amazing. That game okay. was good. <laughs> did we play Still that at too- Bills a lot? No, we played it at home. We played in the in the other room, the spare the the room we had the Xbox set up in next to Brian and Ma's room. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Where the PS2 was. Yeah, yeah. You mean my room? <laughs> no, your room was the other room. Oh whatever. Good times. All right. Well, Antonio Brown, we were, I was using as a segue because I feel like he may appear on someone's list for top five most hated athletes of all time. Now, James, I didn't explain this to you. Maddie and I briefly talked about it while you were uh, okay. trying to fix the garbage truck that was on fire. That is Which may not podcast. even be fixed. We don't know. So we are going to list our top five most hated sports figures, I guess is the way that we wrote it. It doesn't have to be an athlete, I suppose. But I want to add one extra caveat. You don't have to follow it, but this is something I followed and Maddie said he followed, but I, I can't confirm because I don't know his list. The rule that I put in place was that I'm trying to stay away from guys. I'm trying to only judge their behavior within the confines of sports. So if we're saying, oh, this guy's hated because he's a murderer like Aaron Hernandez is like, well, 
this is going to be a pretty quick and easy list. Just name yeah. off all the criminals that have played support at some point. So that's what I tried to avoid. I tried to avoid anything away from the realm of their profession. And are these people cool. that we hate or we think are hated? Oh no, this is this is my personal list. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Maddie, do you want to go first? Sure. So we'll go round so table. Five first. Number five. Oh, I didn't order these, but okay. How do you not have an order? There's got to be someone on that list you They're hate more than equal. the others. Yeah, okay. So number five for me is because I hate him like strictly for what I've seen him do, but how he plays and shit like that. But I also understand that in this sport, it kind of needs to be that way. So I kind of have like a monochrome of respect for him. Brad Marchand. And I knew it. I knew yeah. someone was gonna say Brad Marchand. And it's just, he's so easy to hate. And because he's got so much talent and yet he just regresses back to this stupid child, like licking people, biting people, the cheap shots, the coming in after the whistle and like not just scrumming around, but like spearing guys and doing stupid shit. And that would bother me, but, and I would probably just kind of dismiss him if he was just like some fourth or third liner. But the fact that he's such top line player 30 goal scorer and can still score doing all that shit stress me nuts I just want someone to run him through the boards one day but he's he's the number five on my list james uh i'm gonna go okay these aren't ranks specifically because obviously the well time. they should be well i'm gonna go uh with bud selig <laughs> oh. that guy was like the the amount of like shit that guy put in front of like baseball, like like just stuff that doesn't make sense. Like there there are things that he could have done, you know, to like like Pete Rose should, like should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Like there again, not right now. What? Mm, he's got a little bit of a extracurriculars going on that they should clear up first. What happened? There's a few sexual assault allegations. Oh really? Pete Rose right now. I didn't hear yeah. about this. Yeah. Okay, well, fuck Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I don't think, like, with the lockouts and stuff, I don't think Bud Selig did the game of baseball any favors. Um, and if you look back, I don't remember there being a lot of, like, adoration for him. I don't think he grew the game very well. And as someone who liked baseball and had trouble getting into it growing up a little bit, I, you know, I look back on some of the dryness of baseball and some of the things that, you know, kept me from becoming a fan. And even, even how he handled the steroid thing was just a fucking disaster. So yeah. Fuck Bud Selig. Rest in peace. <laughs> He's dead, right? Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think he is, but <laughs> Rip. Um, maybe I'm thinking of Donald Sterling. <laughs> Along the lines of uh, Bud Selig, and this is not my entry, but as I was watching the Field of Dreams game earlier this week, there's just this camera shot in the crowd of uh, Robert Manfred signing autographs and stuff. But like, I don't know if anyone asked for his autograph. It was a quick shot, right? Like you just like see a shot of uh, Manfred, and he's with this kid, and he's holding a baseball, and he's pointing to the ball. Where I'm like, I guarantee this motherfucker right now is telling this kid, I'm Robert Manfred. My name is on all the baseballs. 
And this kid's just like, I just, I, 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 just I sign I the fucking ball, man. I, 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 like, it reminded me of you that scene. Me. <laughs> it reminded me of that scene from, I, don't, I think it was Endgame, where they're in that diner and Hulk is like taking pictures with the kids and Ant Man's like, oh, yeah. you want, you want a yeah. picture with me? Yeah. And the kid's like, uh, oh, Who? no. <laughs> who's, who's Ant Man? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I guarantee you, like you said, Manfred probably is like, hey, kid, I'm the commissioner. Come here for a sec. Do you want my autograph? The kid's like, uh, and he didn't want to be rude. So he's like, sure. Yeah. Dustin. So, okay, All Dustin. Right. So number my number five may surprise you because not an athlete from the, you know, the big four sports. It's, gonna be some it's, actually, player. it's actually an athlete in an individual sport. And it's an athlete in a sport that no one cares about. But I still have this man on my list of top five most hated athletes or sports people of all time. And that is Lance Armstrong. Oh, he's on my list too. No way. I swear to God, he's number four. <laughs> and I thought I was digging deep for Lance Armstrong. But it's not just because he's a cheater. Because I don't give a fuck about cycling and do whatever you want man i'll never pay attention to the sport ever again i just want to see the crashes at the tour de france <laughs> or you see some guy like you know knocking people over or yeah, something that's I, the only reason people ever watch oh yeah tour de france but it's not just because of that and it's not because of all the other things that he it's is supposed to because he broke jennifer aniston's heart it is because he made that stupid yellow bracelet cool. Live strong. And so many him. people wore that live strong bracelet. And they took it from everyone. And I guarantee you, at least one of you had one. No. No. No, I had live no. strong shoes though. Oh. Yeah. But those were like, those were just regular Working like shoes. Nike shoes that were branded with live strong on them. So yeah. like you could have bought the regular version in black and white, but he like the extra five bucks were the live strong one. I, I would be more pissed that he gave that to everybody with this concept behind it and then his behavior and actions took it away. Like, I yeah. think that's more... Like, everyone rallied behind this concept and then it was just ripped away from everybody and that's kind of the... That's what I bums think, me out. I think we also have to put this in perspective as well. Everyone in cycling is cheating. He's just the figurehead of the guy who survived, like, two bouts of cancer and... You know, he came back and won, what, like seven straight Tour de France's and shit like that. So, like, but I guarantee you, you test any one of those guys thoroughly, they're all cheating. Allegedly. Allegedly. But no, no he, he's, he was number four on my list. So I'm going to swap him out because I do have backups. Okay? Well, I mean, you can continue on. We can just continue the conversation on Lance Armstrong. and No, because like, it's, all, it's all good, but like, I want some variety. Variety is the spice of life. So, all right, I'll delete Lance Armstrong from your list. Okay. As so, I'm, I'm, I'm typing them as I go, so I know oh, what okay. we're talking about. So, my number four is the aforementioned Rafael Palmero. Okay. Mostly just for that moment in Congress. Such a smug POS. You know, and then I, I was going to bring this up earlier, but because of knowing he was on my list, I was like, you know what, I'll get to it then. When he came back and the people threw the needles, on the field oh my god i i pissed myself laughing i was like you deserve this shit like this is what you get where some of the other guys like a rod i can't hate a rod because he he owned it he was like yeah he even he's like i took it i even brought other guys in what was that come bio something Balco? the company 
What? Balco. Balco. Yeah. He's like, I brought guys in and I did this. And he's not like a piss ant, you know, like the other guys who were like, yeah, I took him, but everyone fucking taking him. So fucking this, right? He's, he was so adamant about it. And then he got nailed. And like, I put him up there with Ryan Braun because that guy's a piece of shit too. And then after that, he went downhill and I was happy because seeing those guys, like if I don't care if you take steroids, personally, I don't care, especially in baseball, other sports, it may not make a difference football probably, but like in hockey and basketball, if anything, it'll probably do you worse unless you're taking them for endurance purposes. But he was just so like, you listen to me. I didn't do this. Now fuck off to Congress. Mm-hmm. So no, fuck him. Hope he's choking on a bat somewhere. James, that goes back to you now. You're number four. Um, I have two people to choose from here from the same sport. Um, I'm going to go with... Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with current. A little more current. I fucking can't stand Max Verstappen in F1. I hate that guy. The guy, he's like he's a talented driver. But he's like, I know you guys are like, who? Um, ridiculous. He's from. He's from <laughs> we know who he is, but why he's an asshole, I don't know. <laughs> he, he's, he's like a super aggressive driver, which makes him exciting and a lot of people like. But like he caused a shit ton of like accidents a couple years ago. And he races for Red Bull and Christian Horner's a prick. And he's the team director for Red Bull. He's married to uh, Ginger Spice. He's married to Jerry Hallowell. Um, that's Christian Horner, not Max. I don't know who the fuck Max is dating or married to. But the other thing about Max, and I was I was at a work thing, and everyone there is like huge F1 fans randomly. Um, and we were talking about all the drivers, and nobody there likes Max. And I said something in the parking lot, and everyone was like, that's it. I'm like, why does everyone hate Max? And if you look him, look him up, so he's from Denmark. So if you look up his picture, I know why people don't like Max Verstappen. And I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying he looks like... He kind of looks like a Nazi. Like, if you look up Max Verstappen, you're like, I yeah. can see this guy looking like a Nazi. I can, I can it. see it. Right? Well, there's the one I image can. where he gets like, he's like this, <laughs> and I'm just waiting for him to finish it off. Just... <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't, I don't, uh... so again, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying if he cosplayed as one, it would be very possible. That's what I'm saying. Believe buy it. Like you're not really would, cosplaying, are yeah. you? Yeah. I like if I dressed up as a Nazi, people would be like, "This guy is not a Nazi." But if like, and Dustin, if you dressed up as a Nazi, I don't think you'd pass for it either. But if this Probably guy not. did, this guy did, I think people might think it's, you know, WW3 is on its way. Like I would, yeah. And, and you know what? I think the the end of the last season of F1 where. He kind of cheated and took advantage of a situation to win the championship, and it would have been Lewis Hamilton's record-breaking championship, and he would have beaten Michael Schumacher, who I was debating putting in that spot instead of Verstappen, because fuck that guy too, even though he's practically a vegetable, and that really sucks because nobody deserves that. But that guy almost ran Jacques Villeneuve off the road in their battle for the driver's championship, and he got deducted points for it, and Jacques won the championship. Canadian boy, Jacques Villeneuve, champion. But... Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like Michael Schumacher then either. But and he was the other guy I was gonna put in there. 
All right. There you go. So now we're on to my number four. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned earlier to Maddie that I actually have some hockey players on this list. And you Ooh. were surprised that I actually... I was, I was floored. <laughs> that I reached for some hockey players. I had to put a hat on to keep the hair in check because it just went all over the place. <laughs> and this one is very Homer-ish. I, I don't think this player would be considered a bad person in any way. But for me and for, I think, all of Leafs Nation... We will always, always hate that clown-haired motherfucker, Daniel Alfredson. He was going to be on my list, too. <laughs> yes. That rat face fuck. Dude, never did anything good. Never. I don't care no. what you say. You can be a Senators fan. Tell me what he did good. I mean, he did take them to a cup final. Lost. Shot the puck at Scott Niedermeyer at, like, on the way to intermission like a fucking douchebag. Yeah, the uh, one of the greatest defensemen in NHL history, and you're trolling. To be fair, that Ducks team was unstoppable. With that Ducks team was ruthless that year. Yeah, with no Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff and uh, Chris Pronger, Chris Pronger and Scott, Scott Niedermeyer, Jean-Sebastien Yeah, like that. That's that was Brad May, um, Dustin Penner, Penner Cakes. Yeah, that that team was real good. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alfredson was, was such great. a piece of shit. The whole stick throwing thing, the Sundin thing. Like I know they're buds. But, like, you're not my bud. <laughs> you're not my dude. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with the story, at I, I believe it was during the playoffs, Matt Sundin was taking a shot at net, and his stick broke as he took a shot. And he was frustrated and threw his stick away, and it happened to go into the crowd. He was suspended a game or two or whatever it was because of that. And then it may have been the next time they played. I don't. I feel like this might have been the same playoff series, actually. So they played each other again recent, like very quickly thereafter. And Alverson took a shot, broke his stick, and pretended to throw it into the crowd. And ever since then, he has been, or I mean, he doesn't play anymore, obviously. But ever since that point, every time Daniel Alverson touched the puck in the Air Canada Center, he got booed well, out of the The other building. thing he did, that son of a bitch did, was he hit Darcy Tucker from behind. Yeah, in the playoffs too. Same playoffs. Yeah, and then he would always hide behind Chris Neal. It's a safe place to hide, really. Or no, I, Chris Neal, or do you mean Chris Simon? No, Chris Neal. Or Chris Phillips. <laughs> that guy looks like the most, like, beer leaguer ever. Chris Phillips? Remember when, like, he, you fucked over... Remember when he fucked mm-hmm. up the pass from behind the net? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like, he's he's the most beer league looking NHLer I've ever seen. Like, if there's guys that you see at, like, the Sunday Scarborough skates that look like they could play in the NHL more than Chris Phillips looks like he could play in the NHL. But Chris Phillips was legitimately actually a very good player. Remember, remember when those sen- senators chose uh, Redden over Chara? Ugh. Remember? Okay. Chara's still playing in the league somehow. Yeah, I know. And Wade Redden got buried in Connecticut. But, yeah, over the Rangers. Um, yeah, when he got, went to the Rangers. But speaking of Sens, I know we're getting off topic. A player that like gets no love from that team, kind of deservedly so, but probably should get more, is Alexei Yashin and how dominant he was for that team when he was there. Like the Leafs had to come up with a game plan strictly for Yashin in the playoffs with yeah, Shane Corson just yeah. shadowing the shit out of him, yeah. just to win. They with Marion Hosa too. Like there were so many great players in the Senders in that era. Spetsa. Yeah, where Danny every Hitley? time. Yeah, oh, man, like the Leafs Senators battles in the playoffs were were something to see. They didn't have but a like it, Yeah. 
Patrick Laleem was an absolute sieve in the playoffs. Great in the season, couldn't stop a puck in the playoffs. All I remember is Joe Noondike beating him twice the exact same way. Off the wall? Yeah, off the like <laughs> the blue left line. side, coming down, shotting five hole both times. Yeah. <laughs> and Laleem didn't even go down. He stood. Yeah. Laleem, but he got the nickname. Yeah. The thing is, though, is, is the Sens dominated us in the season in those eras, but then come playoff teams, the Leafs would just grind it out. And it's the truest example of season hockey isn't playoff hockey. Because yep. at those eras, the Leafs were built for playoffs. Yep. Right? So, all right. So All right, back to our three? list. Yes, is your number three. Your list thus far is Brad Marchand and Rafael Palmero, although sort of also Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Your number three. My number three is not an actual athlete, but it's someone in sports. It is a sportscaster. Oh, I think I know where we're going with this. Fucking Skip fucking Bayless. Oh, <laughs> I hate I, I, that. They're gonna fuck. go a Rashmadani, actually. No, right, no, that's just a universal hate. Like he, he doesn't deserve a place on my list. Fuck that guy. But no, Skip Bayless is one of the biggest POSs, cherry picking all of these guys that he likes, shit talking guys for absolutely love with stupid takes, and like I would probably look at some guys and be like, oh, that take is for clicks, but he does it because he's just fucking stupid. Who is like, Skip Bayless anyway? Like he's just yeah. a guy. He's just a guy with takes. Like I, like I look at Stephen A. Smith and he bugs me and he irks me, but whatever, I can accept it. Skip Bayless is just this fucking guy. I just hope someone just kicks him right in the nuts. Probably and like happened. videotapes it Probably and puts happened. it on TikTok. Right, and it's just I. He wasn't on my list until it was yesterday, and I went down a rabbit hole of just, you know. NFL stuff coming up and basketball season and shit like that. And just reading some of the takes this guy had, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And like, he had some takes on like hockey that I looked at. I was like, for a dude who probably watches three games a year and can't skate worth shit. And he's trying to talk about hockey. Like, fuck off. And like his shitting on, you know, his rants on LeBron all the time or T.O. Um, I don't know, man. He just, fuck. Like, I'm getting angry. Like, this was supposed to be fun, and I'm just getting angry. <laughs> I'm still having fun. James, what's your number three? I mean, along the same ilk, uh, Steve Simmons. Rush Monday. <laughs> Steve Simmons. <man. laughs> oh, sorry. Say it again. Steve I think Simmons? I know what you said, though. Steve Simmons. Yeah. Steve Simmons of yeah. the Toronto Sun. They, this guy used to get TV time. This guy, they used to put this guy on TS <laughs> on the TSN reporters with Dave Hodge. Yeah, with Dave Hodge and and Michael Farber and all those guys. But Steve Simmons has, you want to talk like his his takes aren't as full of vitriol as Skip Bayless, but they're just brain dead. Like every time he tweets or writes an article. Like he has to, he has to be the OG troll. Like it has to. There's no way that he's doing this without the intent of just like the controversy creates cash. Eric Bischoff strategy. Like there's, there's no, there's no way because everything he says is so enormously proof that he doesn't know sports. <laughs> <laughs> this is such is such proof that he doesn't know sports that I don't know how he's employed other than his employers are like, wow, he gets a lot of traffic when he says dumb shit. 
which actually helps us. Um, the guy's written for the sun forever, which is a fucking rag in of itself. So there's that. Um, I wouldn't even clean up my dog's shit with the sun. I've seen him in the mall and been tempted to be like, I'd go to jail Fuck for you. a couple days for this. You know, um, he's like, he's, he's such a whine. And you know what? You know what bugs me? The whiny voice. And then I, I, I did a Phil Kessel. No, <laughs> that's a pretty good impression. He, uh, he did this interview on gameplay with Matt Cause once before, no, game day before his gameplay when betting became legal. And he talked about how much social anxiety he has and how much all this stuff he flies planes. Any other human, I would have felt bad. <laughs> yeah, that might sound cold. And I'm all for like, you know, get help if you have mental health struggles. And you know what, Steve Simmons, if by chance this makes it to you, you're listening, I hope you get help too. But I also ain't sympathetic because you're a piece of shit. So, well, you know, so like for a guy who's self admitted, like you said, with that kind of problem, the shit he brings on to himself too. Or the stuff he says about other people, like the Willie Nylander yes. IKEA thing, like, you like that that's the kind of stuff that causes the problems that you experience or so, the shitting on Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. So either you're ignorant or you're tone deaf or you're, you're an acknowledged yourself aware asshole. So Steve Simmons, the funny thing is, is one more thing on Steve Simmons is you see other reporters who will come say something and maybe get themselves in hot water for a rough take. And then other people kind of jump and be like, you know, like, yeah, it's a bad take, but you also have to look at bubble. No blah. one, defends no one him. comes to this fucker's defense. Ever. No one, no one is on team's team Simmons. No. And it's because they're probably just like, are you fucking kidding me, Steve? Yeah, that's and, it. That's it. That's the line. Are you fucking kidding me, Steve? Like that has probably been said about this guy three or four times a week. Even I remember when Brian Burke had his like, I was just you know, say this. his last press conference with the Maple Leafs after he got let go. And he's like, the best thing about this day, they'll never have to talk to Steve Simmons ever again <laughs> or something along those lines, what he said. Or remember just, when just, he, the press conference after Matthews got COVID and yeah. when they were, and then Steve had to ask a question and they were, they were like, we're not answering. Matthew called him out. He was just mm -hmm. like, you know, I just firstly, before getting to your question, he's like, I want to say what you did and what you wrote was really kind of gutless and blah, blah, blah. And he kind of went on. I'm paraphrasing and simplifying, but like, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he essentially called him out on it and good. He deserves to be called out for that shit. And this is the thing. I'm no massive fan of Dave Festchuk. I think his writing sometimes is kind of gully, but at least I can tolerate that dude when he's on, you know, overdrive or on TSN, his takes, whatever. I don't actually mind him too much when he's just shooting the shit about some sports. It's fine. It's just his writing I can't stand. Steve Simmons as an existence, I think, should be erased. <laughs> That's a little much, All right. but I think he's got kids. On to my number three of most hated sports figures. Not only have I strayed away from my favorite sports, this is one of my least favorite sports. And I think we briefly talked about uh, my displeasure for the English Premier League. And this player currently plays in the English Premier League. At least he does currently at the moment until he bitches and complains and gets uh, oh, moved somewhere else. Mine. It's Ronaldo. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. This is Cristiano Ronaldo. That was one of mine. Who, and I know I said I want to keep it away from their off-field uh, extracurriculars. So we're not even going to talk about all those things. Let's just talk about him as a player and how he just seems like an arrogant prick. 
and we'll talk about how everyone in Manchester United right now is Manchester United. Whoever the fuck he plays for, yeah, I think it's Man, Manchester United. Man, yeah, that's yeah. Man yeah, this for, is how much I follow English Premier League at this point. Or um, transfer. They want him out of there as soon as possible. They don't even care if they just cut him loose. Like, just get this cancer out of our locker room. This is the type of player we're talking about that... I mean, again, I don't give two shits about English Premier League soccer, but if Cristiano Ronaldo was on fire, I wouldn't piss on him. He looks... He just looks like a douchebag. The stupid haircut, yeah. the stupid the, everything. It's all... The celebration when he, like, where he twirls his fingers, comes up, and fucking thinks he's a wrestler and jumps in the... Like, fuck off. It's so... It's... It's just so dramatic. Like soccer enough is dramatic because of all the dives and shit and and like some of the lifestyles or something. But he is just on another level of douchebaggery stank that I he was gonna be on my list. Cause I mean it Okay, since we're going long on this, I feel like it's okay to have repeated names. Like we can just yeah. continue the conversation on Cristiano Ronaldo and make him number two on both of your lists and yeah. we move on. He's not on my list, so no, okay. So uh, just, just two on James' so list. So fucking. Yeah. <sighs> he couldn't even get right. it the big side. And again, like we're not going to talk about his messed up stuff outside of soccer, no. but you should look it up. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know. it's fascinating that how much, like when they say like money is power can make a lot go away. It's funny how much can go away when you make as much money as Cristiano Ronaldo does. Yeah. But so okay, what number am I on? Two. Three or two? So this is you are on to your last two picks. I feel like the the guys I have on my my last two picks will probably end up on your guys' list as well. One of them I think will for sure. So that being said, we don't have to necessarily go through all five, all of us, because I think we're going to have a lot of these names shared, especially by the top, with Ronaldo being a great example of that. So go ahead with your number two spot, Maddie. KD. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> KD is number two on my list, not because of, you know, the current Brooklyn situation. I think a lot of athletes want out of situations, just some don't go the route that Kevin Durant is currently going down. But again, basketball is a different beast because the players have way more power than any other sport. I just think the ring chasing thing and then him trying to essentially state his legacy up there with guys like Jordan, Kobe, you know, um, Kareem, Dr. J and say he's the greatest or didn't he have some quote about how he's like God or some shit like a couple weeks ago or whatever, or like he's the greatest on the court. And then the burner account. I, I don't know. Back in the day. Yeah. And then the whole burner account thing. Like, and I know we said, let's like leave it off the off the court shit or the off the playing surface shit but but i'm still involved just, in the sport yeah that's involved in the sport because he's defending himself through a burner account in the i just think as, as i'll a allow whole, it yeah thank you sir <laughs> but just collectively that shit the chasing the rings and yet trying to say you don't need to do that but clearly you do to go to a super team to be able to win. Like you can't do it on your own. And yet you're trying to say, I am the reason they won. It's like, fuck you, man. And then like Jim said, the burner account shit, like it's a dude who's so insecure and so worried about what everyone else thinks of him that he should just put that time and energy into just being a better team guy. And I guarantee you, he'll have, he would have more success on the teams that aren't golden state. 
So, James, your number two, I guess, technically is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, sure. If, I mean, if you don't want him on your list, that's fine. But like, no, I, I, I think I, at the end, I'm going to end up ranking these. And at this point, uh, Lance Armstrong and Cristiano Ronaldo are going to be pretty high on the list of our collective most hated people. I wonder if my... So I'm gonna I'm gonna say my next two in the same same thing because they're they're the most hated for the same reason so they can be my two and ones. Um, so one of them is Gary Bettman. I absolutely. I know who the other is then. Cannot stand Gary Bettman, and is the other Bill Daly? <laughs> no, no, Roger Goodell. No, it's not. Oh, um, okay. Gary Gary Bettman, listen, he. The the NHL has improved in many ways under Gary Bettman. But there are other things holding the NHL back that he refuses to move on. Arizona. Arizona being one of them. I have never seen a guy bail on Canadian franchises so quick and then be like, no, Arizona has to stay. And I wonder if it's because it's his first expansion that like he refuses to admit failure on it. Well, I, I think believe- it's because he can't take the team away from them. Yes, he can. They owned they it at one it. point. The NHL they owned, owned the team. They owned the team. Then I have no excuse for and it. They <laughs> could have moved it to Houston, Kansas City. I don't care. I, it didn't have to be Quebec. It didn't have to be Winnipeg at the time. Just not Arizona. And the fact right now that they're playing in a 5,000... Listen, the atmosphere might be incredible. Whatever. I kind of want to go. I want to go. It, it's not, it's not a good look. It's not. I mean, you can't even have your own logo in the middle of the ice. Like that's not. No, no, it's not it's, a good look. It, as a as a big big four sport, um, in the states, and yeah, you can't have a professional sports team play in a university state five thousand seat capacity arena. Like, Winnipeg's barn is small. And they hold 16,000, I think, like at max capacity. So the fact that you're getting 20%, 25% of Winnipeg's and Winnipeg's already considered small, that's really bad. And again, the atmosphere might be fantastic. It might be really cool getting that close, but, and you can't even make the excuse like, oh, we're waiting for our arena to be built. We need a year. No, because you went there before you got a deal in place for your new arena. The sad thing is that I don't think we can call it the big four anymore. It probably needs to be the big five because the MLS has surpassed the NHL in the U.S. Yeah. Has it? At least in terms of, I was looking at this, the television numbers for the all-star games. And I think it was Major League Baseball's all-star game was one. And then the Pro Bowl and then the NBA's all-star weekend. And then the MLS all-star whatever. And then the NHL All-Star Game. Like, in terms of television ratings, the NHL was lower than MLS. I'm surprised NBA is not higher, to be honest. Over football and baseball? I can I can see them sitting third there. Yeah, football. The I think it was a wide margin, though. It was like, I don't know what the numbers were, but hypothetically, it was something like 40 million people saw the oh, baseball All-Star Game, and then 39 million people for the NFL, and then basketball was like 35 million, and then MLS was like 1 million. And then NHL was like 500,000. You know, it was like such a huge discrepancy between three and four, but like one through three was pretty tight. Mm. So I just, I mean, the the hard salary cap, well, it does, like, I don't even know it does anything for the small market teams because they can't get there. So like, if you talk about, like, they're not spending to the cap anyway. 
um, they're trying to find ways to meet the cap floor. So I don't. Oh yeah, they're taking on contracts that are guys that won't play just to get to the floor. Right. So I don't think the hard salary cap is helping these small market teams. And then just to move quickly through it, the other one has to be Harold Ballard. I wasn't even alive, but the amount of years he set back the Toronto Maple Leafs franchise just by running it like a business, and and not the giving a shit about winning because he just knew that Leaf fans would show up, um, and the curse of Harold Ballard, like it's it's atrocious the amount of competitive years the Leafs had to flush away under his ownership and don't don't rest in peace you fuck (laughs) I'm actually surprised I mean I I I like your list and I can see your points for all of them but I'm surprised my top two hasn't found its way into your list so I'm interested to see where this goes I guess I'm up next and since Maddie only has one spot left Right, because you have Marchand, Palmero, Bayless, and KD. So I have two spots left. I'm going to throw out both of them at the same time as well, because we're running a little long here. Um, and I feel like one of these has to be in your list, Maddie. But we'll see. Uh, the first one, public enemy number one in the 1993, 1993, Gary Fraser. No, oh. no. Remember the cheap shot on Gilmore. So you're going to say wing late, late hit to Gilmore. Played for the LA Kings. Late hit to Gilmore. It was knee on knee. Principal point of contact to the head. Wiped him out. Wendell Clark jumped in to fight him. And then years later, he would be most famous for taking his hockey stick <laughs> and cracking it over the Marvin head McSorley. of Donald Brashear. Yes. One... Marty McSorley, who will forever be known as the guy who swung the stick at a dude's head. Which who sucks got a because criminal charge. Got, yeah. got, uh, I don't know if he got charged, but he got... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He was at least... Uh, there were some criminal proceedings based on the actions that happened on the ice there that day. The, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't remember if he got charged or not. The shitty thing is, is he was a pretty decent enforcer and, and wasn't actually half-decent hockey player before he kind of ruined his entire career and like stained it with that one incident. And that was such a yeah, dumb same, play. Same so, with Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah. Like, Todd Bertuzzi, same thing. Like, Todd Bertuzzi, hell of a hockey player. Nobody gives a shit about what he did. He punched Steve Moore in the back of the head. Yeah, and I, I thought about putting Bertuzzi on the list, but I don't hate Bertuzzi. I think it was just a bonehead play. It's stupid, and, yeah. And, you know, tensions got a little high. people punch each other all the time in, in hockey. Yeah, and it was a cheap shot, absolutely. And I think uh, more of the damage was on, like, the follow-through when they, like, fell on top of them. the ice, yeah. But in any event. Whereas McSorley was using his stick as a weapon. Or that's, that's dangerous. And then my number, my number one. Top shot. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't popped up on your guys' list so far, and I feel like maybe it's in Maddie's number one. And I'm going back. I'm actually not going back. I'm going to baseball for the first time. Currently plays for the Baltimore Orioles. But I think <laughs> both of you will remember him as a Texas Ranger when yeah. the Blue Jays and the Rangers played in the playoffs. And there was a brawl between Jose Bautista and Rudned Odor. Rough Ned. I didn't think this I could hate that guy, guy more until he had to shave his beard off for the Yankees. And I was like, I fucking hate this guy without a beard way more. Yeah. Like seeing the full face, I'm like, you're a punchable. fucktard. Even more punchable. Yeah. No, like 
I see it though. Like Runet Odor, not on my list, surprisingly. Wow. Why did he Neither why is... did he punch Batista anyway? Because of the bat? he said Batista slid in hard. He slid into second base like you do every single time you slide in second base. Yeah, essentially, like if it's a tight play, you're always going in with your legs a little up. He was mad at the you're bat suppo- lip. Like, you're literally taught to do that, at least at that era of baseball. Like you're supposed to take out the second baseman or shortstop yeah. or whoever. He was mad at the bat to break flip. up, to the, break up the double play. He was just mad at the bat flip, right? I, I suppose so. That's probably what it all stemmed from. And um, speaking of which, the guy literally pimped a home run against the Blue Jays the other day. So, yeah, yeah no, he can suck a dick. But no, oddly enough, not my number one. My number one was going to be LeBron. And I say was because I just, again, I don't like it when top 1% athletes, like guys that are the 1% act like are, just, are so concerned with everyone thinks of them. That's why I love Kobe so much. Kobe's like, I don't fucking care. He went in and put in the work and everything you saw about Kobe again on the court was the work ethic and the attitude. And, you know, like, yeah, he was cold and a bit of an asshole, but the dude worked his ass off harder than anyone else. So he backed up the talent with the work. And it seems like LeBron is so worried about with people perceiving him that instead of just shutting out and being like, I'm just going to work hard, he's like, no, you know, respect me kind of thing. So, but no, not my number one. Honestly, my number one's for no other reason than I just, I hate the way the guy looks, to be honest. Like, I hate watching this dude walk around. I hate, like, the way he walked up to his position, everything like fucking Brett Gardner. Oh. Brett Gardner okay. is my number yeah. one most disliked. I just, the stupid heavy chew of tobacco or gum spitting around the little man syndrome, the like the tough guy, like he you looks know, like someone's all shitty the- stepdad. Yeah. And like, I had no greater moment than that highlight where he gets angry, slams his helmet down. It comes up and smacks him in the face. <laughs> like that, that was honestly like a running screensaver on my phone for a while. was that image. And it, it just, I, I can't stand the fucking guy. It's just everything about him drives me nuts. And when he was going to potentially like become a blue Jay and he was close, I would have burnt every Jay's jersey I owned, even if his name's not on it. Just because I, I have such a disdain for that guy and it's completely irrational, but like it. <laughs> it's just, I, Oh, I just, I want to, I want to grow him and pop his fucking head off like a p- fucking pimple. It just drives me nuts. All right. So I think we've had our dose of uh, hatred and visceral so far on this episode of the show. So let's end it with some positivity. Let's end it with some shout outs. That's right. Shoutouts is when we list off some positive things to end the show on a high note. And James, how much time do we have for shoutouts? I stopped. I started my stopwatch too late. Uh, we have about four minutes. Okay, I'll be quick with mine. My shoutout goes to the writers of Westworld. <laughs> Westworld season four wrapped up on Sunday night, and okay. honestly, such a cool show. There is so much about Westworld that's dumb as hell and doesn't make any goddamn sense. But if you kind of just roll with it and just understand that it's all over the place, it actually is really cool. And the way they left season four, 
it's kind of in a cool spot. Like they don't necessarily have to come back for a season five, but if they do, it's there. But if they leave it and the show is over in four seasons, it actually works really, really well. Cool. James, how about you? Or Matt? Okay, no. Jim, Jim wants to go. Okay, I'll go real quick. My shout-out was going to be me for carrying us through this fucking thing and finally making this shit work. We <laughs> joked about it in the beginning, but I was going to shout-out myself for all the hard work and effort, uh, but then I would sound like LeBron. So um, my shout-out actually goes to Albert Pujols. Man, that guy, two home runs the other night uh, in his swan song again with the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't think there's an underrated hitter like Albert Pujols in this game that fucking played the game the right way. And that was such a fucking cool dude. Like, just, he's just a good dude. Like, you look at, like, he did everything right. There's nothing wrong with Albert Pools. And, you know, he's he's not getting the, the, the Derek Jeter treatment the way that he should in his farewell uh, spin. Uh, but, uh, man, two home runs. I hope he beats, I hope he surpasses A-Rod somehow this season. Uh, I know he's not an everyday player, but yo, shout out to Albert Pujols. I like it. Mine is the Latvian junior hockey team. They won their first world junior game, celebrated like it was a gold medal. It's they're one in twenty-seven, but man, just seeing them grit out against a decent team and like Chechia fell in that, too. They fell into the tournament. They, yeah, they fell into the tournament because Russia and Belarus are a bunch of fuckheads. So. You know what? I good on them, and they deserve to sell it. And you know, with powerhouse teams that you see in the same top four in the juniors every year, really happy to see them. And you know, good on those guys, and grass to those boys. And those guys are going to tell stories about like, and you know what? Who cares if they win one game? They're going to tell stories about playing against the year they won a game, but they also played against Connor Bedard. They played against mm-hmm. Mason McTavish. Like they're going to tell these Matthew Knight. Like they're going to tell these stories, and that's really fucking cool for them. You're right. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us for another episode, episode 18. A gritty of 40, performance. Of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. Remember, follow us on all social medias at 43.6. We're now on YouTube, I believe, possibly uh, 43.6 as well. We will catch you next week for a whole lot more sports stories and a whole lot more of everything else on 43.6. Yeah.